0: Happy Thursday! We are so close to game day. Isaiah Hole, your man on the ground here, publisher of USA Today Sports Media Group, Michigan site, Wolverines Wire, and I am your host of the Lockdown Wolverines Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a mailbag Thursday. That's right, we went ahead and took your questions. We're going to get to that at the first two of our uh, segments here. And then after that, I had put up a poll based off of yesterday's episode, Asking, which team do you hate more, Ohio State or Michigan State? Not which one was the bigger rival. Which team do you hate more? Got some interesting responses. I'll also share with you the results of that poll. And we're going to get into that after your questions. But let's go ahead and jump right into your questions. Kurt Elvesteffer, at kurtalv 8 Asked, do you see Brian Monet getting increased snaps and having more of an impact with our injuries at defensive tackle and Wisconsin's style of offense? Absolutely. Uh, Brian Monet was mentioned by Greg Madison and Don Brown as being their run-stopping guru, that big body that's in there pretty much to stop the run. So if it's a run, you know, if if the offense is showing a run formation, they're almost definitely going to have – Brian Monet in there so this is the type of game where Monet can shine especially because there have been those injuries now Aubrey Solomon posted or his mom actually posted yesterday a a picture of him in practice gear saying she's so proud of him for returning to the practice field so whether that means Solomon plays or not we'll see Uh, obviously that's supposed to be the one two punch supposed to be Brian Monet during the rushing downs and Aubrey Solomon during the passing downs obviously it's it's not always going to be a science an exact science that is but this is the exact type of game that you have a guy like Brian 1a4 I think it's important that he has a good game I think him having a good game would go a long way to a Michigan win it's not all on him but I would say that that's the that first line of defense you don't want the we want Jonathan Taylor to have to get down to you know the the second level. Granted, you got a lot of speed there in both of the Devins and uh, Khalique Hudson, but at the same time, that's that's what you really want to see from your you know your nose tackle and Brian Monet, that being his forte. I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup. Jeff McDonald asks: Is there any indication that as the offense opens up? a little that they'll look to throw the ball to Chris Evans a little more to get him out in space. His handle is at Jeff McDonald, 78, by the way. Um, no, there's no indicator this season necessarily that that's a, that's a thing, but I mean, they're going to keep things like that close to the vest. Obviously we haven't seen Chris Evans for several weeks. So as the offense has opened up a little bit more, we haven't really seen much. I mean, we've seen, if I'm not mistaken, we have seen a screen to uh true Evans, or true Wilson. Wow. That kind of morning guys. Uh, It's a true Wilson, but I'd say the bigger indicator is looking back last year to around this time. It was uh, game seven, uh, week eight against Rutgers when you saw Chris Evans go deep for Brandon Peters and get that touchdown. I think that that's definitely something that is in their wheelhouse, not just as a check down, but as an extra element. Uh, obviously they can do it. The question is more, will they? And uh, I definitely could see there be some trickeration as far as, you know, we already saw a little trickeration this last week with uh, Grant Perry throwing the ball. You've already got a former quarterback and Zach Gentry back there who talked a lot about kind of being able to throw the ball. I think there's a lot of trickeration we haven't seen yet. And I think they've been saving it for some of these big games. I think that, that Grant Perry play was less about you know, making a big play against Maryland and more about putting some thoughts into the minds of Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State, and I think they'll continue to do that. I think that they probably have a lot of variations off of a lot of those types of trick plays. Now, I've said that before and haven't always been right as far as what we see in games. We do know that back in 2016 – they had a variation off of the pep cat, where Jabril Peppers throws the ball. He mentioned it, but he never did it. Said that there was a, there have been a couple times where he was supposed to, and he opted to take off and run. He had like a essentially a run pass option to himself, and he's always chose to run. So you know that there's variations off of these things. We just haven't always seen them. So. We'll see what happens from there. I think that you'll definitely there will be a good shot that there's some uh some plays that we haven't seen before going into this game if they feel they need it. That's the other thing. If Michigan jumps out to a 21-nothing lead somehow in the first quarter because base offense is getting things done, you might see one type of play that maybe you didn't expect just to get Michigan State thinking. But uh you know, Otherwise, they, they might stay in base. We'll see. But the more, obviously, that uh, we've gone through the each of these weeks, the offense has opened up that much more. They've gone out, out of what we thought was just the traditional base offense, and uh, I'm excited to see what Michigan's offense has in store. It's been a little while since they've opened things up, and we are starting to see it more and more. All right, Jared Poling, J-A-R-E-D underscore P-O-L-I-N-G five. Of all the players left on Michigan's board, who do you think they'll land? Also over-under on the amount of five stars in this class, and he sets the number at three. Well, I'll tell you that I, th- I would actually push the over-under of three. And I've been pretty vocal about the guy I think that they're going to get. I think they're going to get Zach Harrison. I've been pretty vocal about that since the summer. I've been the first person to be vocal about that. I, I'm sure there are more people who have voted in the uh, on the 24-7 sports. Uh, we're going to take a look here. On the 24-7 sports, uh, Crystal Ball, I'm sure he's got more people voting towards Michigan at this point. But, I mean, Ohio State actually still has 100% of the lead, it says, which is, I don't think it makes any sense because of, uh, I know my guy Evan Petzold. They must have taken away his uh his voting ability. That must be what it is. Yeah, that looks to be the case. Because Evan Petzold had a crystal ball, and he had voted for Michigan based off of what I had told him. Now, there's no new experts who have voted for for him to uh commit to Michigan. At least, if the ones that might have are VIP. But it still says 100% Ohio State. I don't think that Zach Harrison is going to Ohio State. I think if he doesn't go to Michigan, I think he ends up at Penn State. Based off of what I've been told. So, take that for what it's worth. I do think that he would be your third five-star. I just don't know yet about enough about Quavares Crouch to make a real distinction there and obviously he would be the only one really left on that i believe um based off of just you know whatever uh, kyle ford would be your obvious other option there i just don't know it's more of an i'll believe it when i see it when it comes to him getting to campus being a southern california guy i know michigan's got zach charbonnet in the class you know they've they, they're able to get some of these California dudes, but until he makes the trip to campus and we see him, you know, potential, you know, really make you know giving Michigan the hard look. I know Michigan's been in it all along, but until that actually happens, I just don't know that I would put him in the class as of yet. But those would be the only two, obviously, that are left as five stars. So we will see. But, yeah, I would go ahead and give that a push. I think three, there's a chance for four. But uh, and I definitely uh, think that they're going to hang on to Chris Hinton and Daxton Hill. Uh, so to go along with that, Robert Williams, hard hitter, 573, asks, any chance of our top commits going elsewhere? Any potential recruit surprises down the stretch? Now, uh, I always hate this question. And this isn't an offense to you, Robert. I'm just saying I hate this question, these types of questions in general, because it's there seems to always be this misconception with recruiting that the kid has known all along, you know, once like once they get a profile, once they get everything, like as if they have this predetermined idea of where they're gonna go. And it's up to the recruiting analysts and the fans to decipher what that thing is. And when the truth of the matter is, I mean, these are 16, 17, 18 year olds. If we're talking about the senior class, the ones that are in the currently being recruited class. So it's, it's a hard thing to speculate what a 16 year olds going to do. Right? Like Zach Harrison, I believe, just turned 16, maybe 17. I mean, I think that that's the closest to being a firm, like one where I have a firm idea of what's happening, that particular recruitment. And I'll still tell you this. I still don't know what's happening. I think I know more about what's going on with Zach Harrison than 90% of the recruiting analysts out there. I still don't know what's happening. Sometimes it's a lot of guesswork. You know, I think about... I remember at the Army All-American game a couple years ago, 2016. Yeah, 2016. Uh, I took a picture of Brandon Peters, LaVert Hill, and David Long. The only Michigan commit at that time was Brandon Peters. I had asked them to take a picture, by the way. They didn't say, hey, let's get a picture together. I asked them to take this picture because they were all standing near each other. What I didn't notice at the time was David Long was wearing an armband that had a Block M on it. He knew he was going to Michigan. He was just waiting. He had already, to my knowledge, already told the staff he was coming and just wanted to wait for the day that he was going to make it official. LaVert Hill said to me aloud when I said, let's get this picture, he said, that's right, let's get all of us Michigan boys together. Whoops. As if, like, he just let something slip. Well, you get down closer to the day that he actually makes his commitment, and there's the whole is he going to go to Michigan? Is he going to go to Michigan State? Now, before I get too far into that, while it's still in San Antonio for that game, when we were walking out, I walked out with Steve Wiltfong, but we were walking back to the hotel. 24 7 Sports is a uh, national recruiting director, Steve Wiltfong. And I told him about what happened. He said, well, duh, it's because he's going to Michigan. LaVert Hill is going to Michigan. As he put it, he may not know it yet, but he's going to Michigan. And he didn't know it yet because he didn't know up to the night before whether he was going to Michigan or Michigan State. And when I talked to him after he finally – I was there at his commitment ceremony in Detroit, pulled out the hat, Wiltshire – Coach Wilcher, uh, who was his former coach at Cast Tech before he transferred to King, was super excited. And uh, so I asked Lavert, I'm like, hey, where do you, uh, did you, when you said that thing to me, did you know you were going to Michigan or were you really as torn as you made it sound these last few days? And he's like, I honestly was really torn these last few days and I did that just to mess with you. Touche, Lavert Hill. Touche, but as far as any potential recruit surprises, I mean, I'm sure there will be. There always are. Michigan knew that they were going to recruit Hassan Haskins, for instance, all along last year, but waited until the week of the Indiana game. I believe that was week, uh, the sixth game of the year before they actually went ahead and uh, sent out that offer. Hassan Haskins visited the following week, or I guess it was a couple weeks later because they played Indiana then they played Penn State but then you visited for the Rutgers game and uh, then it happened as far as suddenly getting in on like a five-star type late that's never going to happen barring something crazy but you, as far as like the top board I mean you know what it is I mean, I'm sure there's always like a Devin Asiasi can come out of nowhere like it like it did, and I had a lot to do with breaking that. But I mean, when you look at the guys that are currently on the table, I I really don't think uh, I really I really don't think that there's any like gonna be any big surprises of people that just you didn't even think were a possibility that end up there. I think you've probably been pretty well covered by everything as far as people who cover recruiting, myself included. Um, There's always a chance that someone gets ranked a bit higher. You look at Giles Jackson, for instance, who was a three-star, goes to the opening, and things go up from there. I guess the closest to a surprise, I would say, is maybe George Karlaftis, but I think with the possibility of adding, I mean, I think you've already got a couple good defensive ends. I don't know what will happen when after, if Zach Harrison does end up pulling to Michigan, like I think he will. I don't know what happens with a guy like Carl Laftus. I don't know what will happen with a guy like Aeneas DeCosmo. But, again, recruiting in exact science. You never know. All right. Coming up after the break, we're going to take more of your questions. Now, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? then your cost, your company could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on their podcast and listen, our demographic that listens to this here podcast is 80 sorry, 98% males and have more education and earning than traditional media audiences do. So have your comp- company sponsor this podcast. Email me at lockdownwolverines@gmail.com. At All right, we're back. Ohio State and Michigan State, which rival do you hate more? We took a poll. We're going to get into that in the third segment. You don't want to miss that. Got some interesting answers. We're going to read some of the uh, actual responses right here on the air. But, you know, some of these games come up. You know, I have a wedding that I'm supposed to go to on Saturday, and it's my aunt, and I'm talking, like, blood aunt. My mom's younger sister, very close with. Unfortunately, I will not be at the wedding because Michigan, Wisconsin. She's a Michigan alum, so she knows better. But it's one of those things where, let's say say I didn't have this job or I had more people working with me where I could say, like, all right, I'm sorry, I'm going to miss this particular game. Right now, it's... Me and Brandon Knapp, so it's as far as going to the game, so there's not much I can do there, but it's like I don't just want to watch the game. I need to watch the game. And if I could have taken it off, I would have had to find a way. You know what the best way to do that is? Sling TV. The best way to watch college football. You can stream games to your phone your tablets, all your favorite devices. You can screen it right to your big screen. You can watch at home. You can watch it on the go. It's $30 a month. You get ESPN. You get the Pac-12 network, the SEC network. Basically, choose your channels. There's no useless channels. No long-term contracts. No hidden fees. You can cancel them anytime. Sling TV gives you the live TV that you love. It's just better. And right now, they've got a special offer. You can sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Lockdown Wolverines listeners can get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. All right, thinking more of your questions. Another recruiting question. Most of these are recruiting today, which is completely fine by me. Uh, James Critup. James Crudup6 is his Twitter handle. Is... Justin Rogers warming up to Michigan. He definitely is. I know Michigan was not in his top 13 before. That has changed. Uh, Michigan is back in it. Um, I know there are some that say like he's still clearly going to go to Ohio State or Georgia. He was on campus last week. Michigan's definitely making a push now. He says he's feeling the love. They have, uh, they're definitely putting more of a full-court press on him. I know that Andre Seldon, the 2020... Commit from Belleville is putting the full court press on him. He's definitely warming up. We'll see if he uh, if he makes it back to campus. I uh, I'm a frequent we you know we we I'm gonna say I'm a frequent visitor to Oak Park. We film our show with Devin Gardner, which uh, unfortunately is on hiatus this week because I've, I've been under the weather. But uh, we film our show at Oak Park, so. Trust me when I tell you Justin Rogers is warming up to Michigan. Does that mean it will be enough to overcome the late press? I don't know, really. We'll find out. Uh, Still a lot of time. And he's still going to make his visits. He's One of the top recruits in the country. I think if Michigan really wants him and continues to really push because he's not going to announce according to what he said to me most recently. He doesn't plan to announce until near signing day in uh, 2020. So long ways to go. Jason Howlett, who thankfully gets a question in every single week, Howlett, Jason B, which commits plan on enrolling early? And is there a timeline for Zach Harrison's decision? As far as Zach Harrison and his decision, I do not believe there is a public timeline. As far as which commits plan on enrolling early, I only know of one as of right now, and that is Tyrese Woods. I'm sure there are more. I'll work to get more answers as far as that's concerned uh, going forward, and uh, we'll have that for you uh, at a later date. Between the end zones, who's also gotten a few questions in from week to week, B end zones, if Michigan beats Wisconsin convincingly, two-plus scores, what will you expect from them against Ohio State on the road? I don't, I don't think that those things are intercorrelated, to be honest. I think Michigan has a good shot of beating Ohio State. Michigan's outcoached Ohio State the last two years and just was too injured in 2016 to really take advantage, considering Wilton Spate was playing with whatever his malady was. No one really knows. Uh, I was told at one point it was not a broken collarbone from my most trusted source. But then a bunch of the players on the team said that it was a broken collarbone. I've heard all kinds of things there, but you had that. And then last year, I feel, I feel bad for saying this because I feel like people pile on John O'Corn, and I don't like that, but I think if you have any quarterback other than John O'Corn, Michigan probably wins that game. He had a very bad game, and I feel really bad for him because people pile on. He loves Michigan, and I think he should be treated better. I understand people are always going to be upset, but I saw the look in his eyes after that game. I saw him crying on the podium. I've seen him take all kinds of heat. I feel bad for him. But what will I expect from them against Ohio State on the Road? I think the defense will keep them in it. I think we've seen that a moderately okay defense can neutralize Dwayne Haskins to a degree. You thought saw it with Penn State and they're 43rd in the country, not first like Michigan. Michigan tends to be able to do some things to confuse Ohio State offensively. Um so I think that once you get to that game, things will be uh should be humming offensively as well. I think it will be a game. I still pick Ohio State at this juncture to win because they just look otherworldly, but I think Michigan will come in with a fire lit under it no matter what happens against Wisconsin. I think it will be a close game regardless. I don't see Ohio State lighting up Michigan. I don't see Michigan lighting up Ohio State. I think it's going to be a close game. Could it end a two-possession game? Absolutely. But I think it will be like this last year's game where it's pretty close throughout. Chris Knickerbocker, MGO strength. The original consensus was that Patterson would be a one and done. What are the chances that he returns for a senior season? I think a lot of it depends on if he ends up having to put up more numbers or if he gets to put up more numbers, because right now I think he with his completion percentage and what he's been doing, I don't see him as a surefire first round pick. I see him as being like a third round pick. Now, if you win some of these big games, I'm sure that goes up needs to probably get a couple 300 yard passing games in there to really solidify that. I don't think it's a surefire thing that he's gone. I still think he's probably got a foot out the door, but I'd call it a coin flip at this point, but I think that's all conjecture on my part. I have no real answers there. Uh, I, I don't think anyone has any true real answers there. I think we all can agree that the intention was for him to come for one year and be gone, but it's just going to depend on, uh, I think he needs to probably put up a little more, you know, numbers in the yardage department for, uh, for teams to want to jump as high as he probably needs teams to jump for him to depart early. If you understand what I'm saying there, the lockdown network is expanding with college shows. We've expanded with this very show, locked on Buckeyes, locked on Seminoles, already had locked to the Ducks, Nittany Lions, Bears, Crimson Tide, Wildcats, Razorbacks, Volunteers, and Cougars. You can find your favorite couch show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Coming up next, we're going to talk about this Ohio State MSU rivalry poll that I put out there. Some interesting responses from people. You definitely want to stay tuned to that. All right. Which team do you hate more? Ohio State or Michigan State? Uh, I know that there were quite a few people that said, hey, it's not a debate. It's Ohio State. Oh, how I hate? You know, like, it's, you know, the, the greatest rivalry in all of sports. How can you even debate it? Well, after... 2,223 votes, and I wish I would have retweeted it, because it, it was, like, after, like, two hours, I think it was at, like, 1,800, and then it just kind of languished for the rest of the day, but I came home, and I I wasn't having having the rest of the day, so I didn't really do a heck of a lot, Um, so it's my fault on that, but 2,223 votes in total. Now, 63% of you did say Ohio State, so... That is no surprise to me. But for those who say it's not even a question, 37% say Michigan State. So it clearly was a debate. Now, I got some interesting responses from some people. I'm going to read a few of them. Uh, Vincenzo Marino, at go underscore blue all day, says, I hate them both, but MSU more because I respect OSU as a proven football program, aside from all the unethical and shady stuff. I hate MSU more because they're a fan base that was established in 2008. I don't look at them as a proven football program, and they're just effing annoying. I can understand that. I think they have proven that they can do it over the course of the last 10 years. Not all 10 years of, no matter what they will have you believe, not all 10 years of Mark D'Antonio's tenure or 11 years now have been sunshine and rainbows. It took four years for them to get to a point where they were competitive and winning things. And then they've had a couple years in there like 2016. You're like this year where it looks like they're not gonna be that good. Can't see Ohio State dropping down to three and nine, all I'm saying. Tim Parent at Tim P seven eleven. I'm assuming most Michigan fans will agree. Biggest rival Ohio State, most hated rival should be MSU. Uh Obviously they don't agree, but I, that's why I asked the question. That's kind of how I see it in a lot of ways. I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, Mike Valeni. a little quick, funny story about Mike Valeni. I had just graduated Michigan. I graduated in 2008 and, uh, I was working the, I was a film major. I had some connections in TV I was working the Stanley cup finals for NHL network and uh, we had a, you know, long dinners before games. Like we would stop set up and everything around like four and we wouldn't have anything to do until like six might've been like three to six might've been even longer than that. And, uh, and so I'm just kind of meandering around Joe Lewis arena and everything. And I'm going to go outside and I see Mike Fileni walking in. And I'm like, "Hey, Valenti," and he's like, "Oh, hell no, bra! The terrible, terrible impression right now because I have no voice. Hell no, bra! That shirt's gotta go." And I didn't even remember what I was wearing. And I looked down. And I'm wearing a Michigan shirt. So, but we talked for like ten minutes, and uh, you know, I really enjoyed our conversation. He seemed to really enjoy our conversation. Probably part partly because I said I thought that Michigan State was in really good hands with Antonio, and that Michigan State was going to be a formidable force in a couple of years. Sorry that I was right there. But uh, I do think a lot of it has to do with Mike Valeni, the uh, emboldening of the Michigan State fans. I feel like they probably don't feel that about him as much anymore because he just basically hates on Michigan State most of the time. All right, moving on. Jace underscore Stone. Uh, well, that's his name. Jay Stormer at union underscore blue seven. I'm from Toledo, the most divided town in the rivalry. It's been too brutal to be anyone else. MSU is rapidly closing that gap though. Yeah, I think that's probably an accurate assessment, especially if, I mean, if you live in Toledo, John Wayne at Wayne Hillian. I live in Ohio. I can't go to the damn store or get gas. In a Michigan shirt or hat without hearing three to four snarky comments such as you're brave wearing that around here, OH H, muck fishing in, etc., cetera, etc. I don't give a damn about MSU F Ohio State. Well, if you live in Ohio, I feel like that has a big indicator. LG Hale, his lovely bride, go blue chick. They both said the same thing, living in Columbus. You live in Michigan you're probably going to get a lot of the Michigan state people. Uh, so the, uh, the girl I'm currently dating lives in the greater Lansing area. And I know her family are all Michigan state folk. She asked to put on the Michigan game the other day to see if she could see me on the sidelines. And her dad was like, why would we ever do that? <laughs> so it's, I think depends on where you live. All right. Tomorrow, we're going to get into our full preview of Wisconsin. Definitely going to want to get into that. You're also going to get my prediction for how I think the game is going to go, as well as just our general picks. For the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. You can follow the podcast at On Wolverines, Wolverines Wire, at Wolverines Wire. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at lockdownwolverines at gmail.com. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts or online at wolverineswire.com where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day.